Do you want to know where you are in your leadership development journey and where to focus your attention in the future to get better results? Well, if the answer is yes, I would like to invite you to take my free world-class leadership assessment today and get an instant score of your current leadership level. By taking this new and fact-based assessment, you will be able to score your current leadership level against the world-class leaders as well as the five core areas of leaderships. Number one, clarity. Number two, personal performance. Number three, leadership presence. Number four, influence. And number five, relationships. Over the years, I've worked with hundreds of professionals around the world and across all industries to help them achieve their leadership goals. So thanks to this work and the data, I have developed a solid assessment that you can take today. Now, the assessment is quick. It will just take 5-10 minutes. So there are 25 questions across the five core areas I described earlier, and you will get an instant feedback and report received in your inbox. So, are you ready to know where you are? Take the free assessment today at www.andreapetrone.com assessment. Let me repeat it again www.andreapetrone.com slash assessment So, give it a go and now it's about time for a new episode Welcome to the World Class Leader Show This is the one and only podcast for ambitious and high achievers Professionals who want to become world class leaders In this podcast we deconstruct the success of high performance leaders share their stories, and teach the most effective strategies to move from average to greatness. This is your host, Andrea Petroni, a high-performance and leadership advisor, executive coach, and keynote speaker with more than 20 years of international and executive corporate experience. everyone to a new episode of the World Class Leader Show. In today's episode, I want to talk about M&As and what are the biggest mistakes I often see during integration. And uh, what I'm going to share today is based on my personal experience and not necessarily what is written on uh, books that cover the topic. So, but let's start with some interesting data. As you probably know, if you operate in this space, 2021 has been an incredible year for M&As. So we experienced, according to PwC, more than 62,000 deals, which is more than 24% of the deal number in 2020. So there is clearly an increase of number of deals right now. Um, but that brings as well another problem. The more deals we have, the more challenges, unfortunately, I have noticed and many other notice when it comes to integrated M&As successfully. So I've been coaching and facilitating and advising different organizations on their M&As, particularly after they, they, they merge, so they needed to integrate it. And so I'll try to bring some more specific example, but again, more and more on my website or drop me a message if you want to. So the number one thing that to me is a mistake that I've seen on M&As is the lack of importance that is given to culture. So as you probably know, culture is a set of norms and behaviors that essentially define how organization work. 
But as I always say, there is no a booklet or a guideline for culture and organization. So when you get hired, when you work in an organization, you don't get a book and say, oh, that's our culture. That's how we operate. So why that is relevant? Because it's also very difficult to assess. And why that is forgotten? It's forgotten because when there are M&As, one of the major concerns for many leaders is the idea of finding a fit a strategic fit, a financial fit, an operational fit between the two organizations, which is important because that's why you're merging. That's why you're growing in that way. However, the cultural fit is always forgotten. If it's not always, very often is forgotten. Uh, as you probably recall, there's been one of the major, very interesting, by the way, M&As uh, in the world was in 2017 when Amazon acquired Whole Foods. And if you remember that case, Amazon bought Whole Foods for almost $14 billion, which is crazy, right? And uh, strategically, that was an incredible fit. Operationally, it was a great fit. Financially, it was allegedly a great fit. The problem was different. The problem that appeared quite actually early in the process, probably just after one year, people were crying there was a major, major clash between the two cultures. And the problem was that two leaders, Jeff Bezos and John Mackey, if you remember, they were very different. They have a very different leadership style, but also they built their culture internally very differently. So the example is great because you essentially, um, you see two cultures. The one was based on structure, process, rigidity, tightness, which was essentially Amazon. And the other one, Whole Foods, it was a completely opposite, was very loose, was very not hierarchical at all, was very simple, because that essentially reflect the leadership style of Jim Mackey. So what is interesting is that one, once they merged, they essentially realized that was impossible to work together. So there was a major, major clash and then a major failure. So the learning here is, and I think the learning, especially for Amazon and Whole Foods, is the fact that Amazon did not conduct any real assessment. So what happened is they merged and then they realized there were all these differences. Now, my personal suggestion, given that is, and by the way, that failure was predictable if they had a chance to assess the different cultures. There are two ways in my personal experience that you can certainly um, apply if you are going through the, the process, so essentially the due diligence side. One is build an expedition anthropologist to, to the other organization. And when I say anthropologists, I'm not talking about academics, I'm not talking about scientists, but talking about people that only have the objective to really assess the culture of the other organizations. And that's something that no one does. And if, for example, if you work with a coach, a coach could be a good example because he's an external people, he's independent, doesn't have, he doesn't have any legal authority to some extent, so he can actually go deeper on that. But it doesn't need to be a coach. It could be also an internal team. And the other suggestion I would like to give is there are plenty of opportunities to assess the culture of the leaders by looking at the media, looking at interviews of the leader. So there are, as I always say, clues that are left by the leaders or by other people in the organization somewhere. So you have to find them. 
So don't wait until it's too late. So that is really, for me, the number one lessons, not just Amazon food, but my, my personal experience. So I realized when I was involved after the merge that the different culture were not really discussed earlier. And then it becomes more difficult to change that because there is already lack of trust in the teams. So building trust is not impossible because that's what I do too with, with, with teams, but it would be much better if you understand the importance of culture much early in the process. Okay, so that's his number one. All right, so let's go to number two. Number two is about identity. Now, um, I'm a big fan of building a purpose for organizations. Now, the purpose is the starting point of an identity. Why? Because I've seen many times organizations, they are merging or they merge already. And when asked this question, says, why are you guys working together? And most of the time the answer is, well, because there is a business opportunity. So there is a gap in the market. So we have seen a new trends. We want to develop that. So all very good business reasons to merge, right? But that's not purpose. Purpose is something different because a business opportunity doesn't drive engagement, doesn't build motivation in people. However, if there is a better purpose, is a deeper purpose, why you're working together, why the work that you do impact others, that's completely different game. So that's what I'm looking for. That is a starting point. And the second thing is about the values. Now, there is something important to say. That's my personal experience, my personal idea. So you might have a, maybe a different idea on this, but I do believe that the corporate values of the entity that is acquiring another company, they don't need to be dominant in the equation. So what happens sometimes is when there is an acquisition where one corporate buys the other, so the values of the corporate essentially become the values of a new entity or of the new division, right? For me, that is potentially wrong. So yes, you want to align the new values to the corporate values. That makes sense. That's the reason why you're merging. So you want to have the level of consistency, right? However, what I'm saying here is slightly different. What I'm saying is every single team, especially for a new co, must have his own set of values. They need to be aligned with the corporate values of both entities, but they need to be the independent values. So I strongly recommend going there. So don't think that is just a, a nice exercise, you know, to then to plaster these values on the wall because that's not how it works. So the values are important because once you define the set, the new set of values for an organization, then becomes essentially the new identity. So you need to have that conversation or you need to foster the conversation in the organization in order to make sure that you have that, right? And that's another reason why value is important because values drive behavior. So once you define the new values, then you can define the new behaviors that you want to see in organizations. Because if you don't go there, if you don't talk about values, it will be essentially impossible explaining why you want to change behaviors in the new organization or in your new team. Okay, so that is for me a big lesson. Um, so again, is is about purpose first, and purpose is not a business opportunity, is why people working together and why their work matter. Number two is what are the new set of values, what is the new set of values for the organization that need to be aligned with the other values, but it could be or need, should be probably very independent. And third, what are the new behaviors that you want to build?
okay? Because new behaviors are always needed when you're creating something new. It could be new joint venture, an M&A, or a new division. Because sometimes the behavior that are in place at a corporate level, they might not be the right one for the new organization or for the new company. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not because you want to be different. It's because the strategy, the goals of the new organization could be very different. So they require a different approach, a different way of working, right? So that's number two. So let's go to the next one. So how to drive engagement. Now, um, that is very, very important, as we know, right? And here's the problem. When you merge or when you acquire an organization, there is always a big fear of change. It's normal because M&A is a change initiative. Either, you know, we call it in the way or not, right? So, and the fear of change normally brings uncertainty. People, they are, not, they are losing security, they're losing certainty, they are concerned about the role, the responsibility, and what's going to happen to the organization, right? So there is an element of that that needs to be anyway dealt with, right, from the leaders. However, the fear of change also normally drives down engagement. So we, we need to start thinking about that too. What I would like to, to, to suggest here is number one, strategy to drive engagement is don't stop at the leadership level because what i've seen and i facilitate a lot of teams especially leadership teams on the first phases when you design the change the strategy for an a how you want to change your behaviors but then you have to go down you have to go down vertically through the organization because sometimes things stay there you know you build such a great nice leadership team there is alignment they're all happy to to be involved in m a but then, then everything stays there. They struggle to drive down the message. So it's not just a matter of communication, but also driving down the new behavior they decide to, to build, right? So first of all, don't stay there. So stay there at the, at the definition level, and then you go down. The second thing is very important is agreed on goals. So one of the main reasons why MA fails, I think was a, a statistic I read recently on Statista that said that the third reason why MA fail is because there is no clear goals of objective to reach in the new in the new organization. Okay. And I've seen this honestly many, many times. When when people start assuming they are very well aligned on goals, and they are not because there are no clear goals. So defining and agreeing on goals is a really number one thing. It sounds banal, but it's not because there are a lot of assumption when it comes emerging together. Um, the other thing that I would like to suggest, well, first of all, clearly you drive engagement by working on purpose and value as we discussed on point two. That's very important. So you have to involve people into the conversation. So again, don't leave it at the top level. So there is an element of work to be done at the top level, but then you need to involve these guys, right? So people, you know, across the divisions and vertical, but also corporate stuff, because they are involved in M&A. Maybe these are the guys, you know, the legal department, the communication department, the HR department, they've been involved and they need to be involved in that conversation about purpose, values, and behaviors. But also think about strategy. So for me, strategic planning is a massive drive of engagement when it comes to M&As, because when there is an M&A, 99% of the time, you need to define new strategy for the organization. Because, you know, you create something new, you're merging. Sometimes there are clearly some mergers or acquisition. They don't require the strategic conversation, but most of the time really is required. Don't leave the strategic conversation at top leadership team. I want to think about what other people across the organization 
need to be involved in a conversation and need to define the strategy. My sneaky feeling is if your strategy as an element of client satisfaction, client relationship, client experience, you want to involve in the strategy people that are dealing with clients every single day. Because sometimes at the leadership level, these guys, they don't necessarily talk about strategy with clients or they don't talk to clients all the time. But people that are on the front line, they are speaking with clients all the time. So, but even if it's not client-related objective, people in the front line, they see business in a different way than leaders do, which is natural, it's normal, right? So you want to involve in a strategy conversation. So, and that is super important. And finally, considering that, my strongly suggestion here is, once you define the new strategy, Think about how can you build ownership in a team. So defining, for example, those individuals across the team, again, they don't need to be the leaders. They can be managers. They could be other people, opinion leaders in organizations. Of course, you need to do a stakeholder mapping, understanding who are the people that can drive that level of change in, in organizations. So once you do that, I strongly recommend appointing them as the champions, as the people, they take the responsibility and the ownership to drive a change, to drive the strategy then and implement it. Otherwise, it would be, again, a very nice, fancy, strategic exercise, but with no clear implementation. And we do know that implementation is one of the biggest problems when it comes to strategy um, execution, right? So don't leave the strategy execution implementation to the top level. And that's essentially my, uh, my recommendation. And again, in terms of planning, if you want to know, you know the, the neat and gritty of that, I expect to see maybe two different plans. One is a kind of um, M&A integration plan, especially when we talk about the purpose, the values, the behaviors. So essentially how we work together. That could be just one independent plan. And maybe the other plan, which I recommend to, is the strategy plan, is what are the new strategic priorities that you develop together. So of course, if you work on your own, you can do it. If you work with a coach, and that's why probably I get I quite often on these areas, is because coach, again, is an external um, change agent, if you like. He can facilitate maybe better because he's more qualified than other people in the organization. But also, he has the freedom, liberty to challenge people and to develop more strategic thinking. That's exactly what we do. Anyway, these are the three um, main things. So as a recap, why culture matters. So we mentioned about the importance of culture, why is especially forgotten. And then we talk about the identity, why is important, how to build the identity. It doesn't need to be the corporate identity, but maybe the new team identity. And finally, what? we discussed just now about how to drive engagement. And I hope I gave you at least four or five different strategies and ideas to do that. But again, if you want more, feel free to connect with me, send me a message or book a time in my calendar. I will be very happy to have a, a conversation with you and maybe bounce back ideas. So thanks everyone for listening to this episode. I hope you got some valuable insights today and that you can apply in your business. As always, I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode, what you liked most, but also what else you want me to cover in the future episodes. Now, this podcast is not about me, so I want to make sure that you get what you need in order to be more successful. So, drop me an email at andrea at andreapetroni.com or find me on LinkedIn and mention that you listened to this episode. 
And if you want to support this show, the best way is to tell your friends and colleagues about this podcast, but also to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. This will make our episodes more visible so we can impact more people. And finally, go to my website, www.andreapetroni.com where you can learn a bit more about me, my work and subscribe for our weekly newsletter where we summarize the insights of all our podcast episodes. Check there as well the previous articles. All right, so thank you again for being here and I hope to see you next time. Bye for now.